Hello, everybody, and welcome to another PropTech Ramble. Uh, I'm Michael Grant, the CEO and co-founder of Metricus. Uh, today, we have three guests joining us to talk about the five biggest myths about smart buildings. We have Bengt Lundberg, Lundberg sorry, uh, the CEO of Disruptive Technologies. We have Matthias Danielson, the CEO of Yancey Networks, and we have Dean Young, the head of product at Aware. Gentlemen, thank you all for joining. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah no thank problem. You. No problem. Thank, thank you, Michael. Excited to be here. Yeah, like, likewise to have you guys on. So uh, today we're talking about something that we, we discussed a bit briefly yesterday before we uh, came to have it live today about the five biggest myths about smart buildings. So there's lots of talk. There's lots of people who used to make it a dark art. So we're here to kind of have a conversation to talk about how easy it is to put a smart building in a box, as we've done with Metricus very recently with all of your kits. So thank you very much for helping us with that. Uh, uh, Bent, uh, over to you. So just could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what Disruptive does for people who may or may not know that are, that are tuning in? Thank, thank you, Michael. Uh, my name is Ben Klundberg, and I'm the CEO of Disruptive Technologies. So, so what we deliver is a uh, sensor and IoT platform uh, that enables companies like Metricus to build applications for a wider audience. Uh, and we provide tiny, tiny, small sensors that can measure uh, uh, humidity, temperature, uh, touch, uh, and, and also objects. Uh, easy to install. And I think that's kind of the unique thing with our solution is it's very intuitive to set up and, and very easy to install for everyone, taking away this uh, engineering aspect of the installation and also with extremely long battery lifetime that reduces also your operational costs. So, so I think that's, a, that's us. Yeah. Cool. That's Thanks. Here. Thanks, Ben. Uh, Matthias? Yes. Um, uh, as you heard, my name is Matthias. I'm lucky to be the CEO of Yancy Networks and Alta Cogni. Um, uh, I've actually been in the PropTech business now for a little more than 10 years. So it's been been quite a run. Um, at Yancy and uh, Altacogni, we are currently, um, <laughs> just like the previous speaker, we are uh, delivering uh, sensor hardware into the market. And we have just begun also pivoting and, and expanding our uh, offerings uh, relating to, to various support service and, and platform uh, offerings. Um, so um, very excited to be here today and talk a bit more about uh, the challenges that we see ahead of us. Cool, thank you. Dean, over to you, mate. Yeah, I'm Dean Young, uh, head of product at Aware, and uh, we provide a platform for uh, companies, uh, individuals, uh, uh, hospitals, etc., to to uh, collect air quality data, uh, understand their indoor environment, and, and communicate that to employees or anybody who shares that space. Um, track uh, five, seven uh, different uh, indoor environmental uh, quality uh, factor, air factors, and uh, uh, you know, and just like a simple plug and play box. So, yeah, pleasure to be here. Cool, thank you, and and. It is the reason we're here, right? All, all of you guys make great products. We, we deliver solutions together to our customers. And it's one of the reasons we're talking about the five myths that it is apparently dark art and very hard to do. So uh, what, what, that we've, got, we've got some questions that we, we put together here just because they're things that we're asked uh, and questions that, that come about. So we haven't had any 
prior questions, or we did, but we decided today we'd, we'd run through some questions that we think are the most relevant ones to this topic. So the, the, the first discussion point, I should say, rather than questions is, uh, and, and Bent, I will come to you for this one. Smart buildings uh, are complicated to operate. So given your senses, given how easy they are to deploy, and all three companies here with me today, how easy they are to deploy, smart buildings are, are, are complicated to operate, Bent. So let's dismiss that myth. Yeah, I think that's kind of, um, I think there are two aspects to that. Uh, one is kind of how much do you want to do in one step? which kind of make it tangible what you want to do. The other thing, of course, technology has driven, driven the installation phase much easier now. And the thing that to deploy hardware has always been a huge challenge. Yeah. But, but more and more companies like us, they are coming now with easy to install uh, sensors, uh, also with an end-to-end -end connection in the cloud that makes it almost uh, possible for every single person to install it themselves as long as they decide what to use with it. I think that uh, it's easy to overcomplicate uh, this installation, but I think if you think about what you want to do, there are definitely products out there, including ourselves, that can support a very easy rollout together with Metricus or or to, or to get you together with with uh, uh, either Yancy or uh, or, uh, or oh, yeah. the other colleague here uh, oh, yeah. for the air quality. Yeah. I think there are many solutions out there that can make this very easy. There, there are and. and I was just in a customer meeting literally before running back to do this in London, one of my first face-to-face -face meetings, which was fantastic. But they were asking, how do we connect? Because they had been told previously that to get the data out of the BMS was very hard and then pulling it into another platform and connecting other sensors. So we kind of ran it through how easy it is with them this morning, right? It used, I think, I think because, and, and, some of the building management systems in the FM companies are really moving with the times. Honeywell's a prime example who I think are leading the way uh, of becoming harbor agnostic and becoming a software company themselves. But five, six, seven years ago, everyone made it a dark art. You have to have my hardware, my platform, my sense, my everything, or else your building's not going to be smart and it won't work. So I think these days, anyone who still believes that is, is, is believing in one of the myths. But it is, given, given how plug and play it is, the box that we've put together with all three of you that we send out to people and we've sent quite a few out, we've not had anyone come back and say, this is too hard. So it's a, a, a proof point that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be over, overly complicated to get something going. So uh, Dean, one, one for you, mate. So smart buildings can only be new buildings. Yeah. I mean, I think that goes hand in hand with the, the first topic, right? Is like, um, you know that that there has to be this uh, huge gigantic project um you know that the planning from kind of soup to nuts uh you know and and make sure that you're going to build it in and you know rip or rip out you know everything and and replace it like like no you know you can retrofit and um you know just again based on the technologies that are available to us now uh you know radio communications like even spectrum you know, and, and the uh, radio frequencies that weren't open to hobbyists and stuff like that, uh, you know, even 10 years ago, um, you know, are, are making deployments much easier. Yeah, it, 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 it is it, it is something that we we get asked. So the, the meeting I was at was for a brand new building, actually. But by the time we got to the end of the meeting, they were asking about their 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 legacy buildings as well. And, uh, you know, you're right. 
it, so coming from an IT background, I used to build data centers and was in unified comms and video conferencing years ago. Kit was big. It had to have power. It had to be plugged in and you needed a te really technical engineer to configure it. But sensors these days, it, it is, it, I hate to use the word plug and play, but with all of your kit, it pretty much is plug and play, right? It's, it is becoming that simple and it's getting simpler and simpler and simpler. Your battery life, you know, especially with, you know, the guys at DT 15 years, you know, I know if you stick it on really hot stuff, the battery life depletes, but you're still getting three to five, you know, Dean, your, your sensor does a huge amount and still has a great three, four hour battery life if you want to move it around. And Mateus, we've got your sensors deployed. We've got some customers who've had your sensors in for three years and they're still going strong, right? So it, it just proves that the market is changing and yeah, any any building could be smart. You know, we've got DT sensors stuck on buzz bar in data centers and, and, and a load of other different places. So uh, the next one, uh, Mateus, over to you. So uh, actually this is, sorry, uh, this is more for, for um, Bent, I think, given we know some of the really industrial sites that you guys are doing. So industrial sites or labs can't be smart buildings. So, and I know for a fact they can because you guys have got 3,000 plus sensors in an Ocado warehouse here in the UK, let alone all the other ones you've got. Yeah, I think that, uh, again, it's back to making things uh, simple and, and robust for any kind of industry. Uh, even those sensors... Uh, uh, are, are made for a special purpose. They can still be industry agnostic, which I think is an important key here. Uh, and, and making this technology, uh, using temperature sensors for more than just measuring temperature, but building algorithm on top of that. Also, we, we in our portfolio has uh, uh, sensors that can detect water leakage. We can detect uh, humidity. We can also uh, detect... Um, uh, objects far away by reducing magnets. There are technologies here uh, combined with the long battery life that makes the, the, the sensor very robust. And, and also it's kind of uh, watertight IP68 that kind of another step into to that thing, making the sensors available both for smart building, office environment, homes, or also industrial segments. So easy to clean, easy to maintain. And I think that's the key here making a product that is robust enough to survive in those environments over long enough time than I'm talking about five plus years in any kind of industry. Yeah, I think it's, it's really interesting. We did a project with you guys probably three and a half years ago now where we did a massive industrial uh, power regeneration plant in Germany. So, you know, that industrial, right? The, you know, Yancy, I know we, we've got some of your senses not hardcore industrial, but we've got them in some warehouses down near Heathrow uh, as well. And Dean, we've got some of your sensors in a supercomputer room for the Met Office. So that, uh, it's surprising me. It's, well, it's very surprising, but again, one of the myths, right? Industrial means that you have to have, you know, yes, DTs are IP68 rated, but not every industrial factory or warehouse has to have bulletproof, fully watertight sensors. They, they, there's a mix, right? So... It is, uh, yeah, we've, we've got quite a few deployed in, across some industrial sites. But I, and I also think that you, you mentioned that the, the industrial players in this market, like ABB, Siemens, they have yeah. kind of decided what should an industrial product look like. It should be heavy, but yeah. it doesn't mean it's a good product, right? But I think that's the perception people have, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, I agree completely, yeah. Here's this sensor. It'll measure temperature. If you drop it on your foot, it will break it, but it's bulletproof. You know, yeah. that's, that's kind of it's kind of the way it used to be. But 
yeah, not not anymore. So so, uh, Mateus, this one one for you. So smart buildings and green buildings are the same thing. So agree or not agree or <laughs> um, I certainly disagree to that myth. Um, we're actually very happy to say that um, uh, some of the greenest buildings I know of actually run already on Janssen sensors, and they are using that uh, sensor technology to uh, uh, really make uh, an impact for the environment. Um, we have um, a few great partnerships with companies that specialize in energy uh, solutions. Uh, for instance, one uh, with uh, Ecopilot and others. And they actually have software that um, where they have shown in real buildings uh, all across the world, actually, that if you connect uh, your BMS um, uh, to your Janssen installation or to any um, sa large scale sensor install, you can actually optimize your building so that you deliver the same kind of um, environment and comfort for tenants that you would always do while saving up to 40% of your energy uh, usage from that building. And, and considering that in the EU, I think about 40% of uh, the energy uh, generated is actually used by buildings. That is, of course, a massive untapped market. And um, it's an easy way to, to quickly recuperate the, the full sort of investment into uh, the technology by just deploying one of these systems. And uh, we're really seeing that th this market is heating up. There is uh, a lot of competition, a lot of uh, uh, really good and cool solutions on the market, and uh, uh, a lot of investments as well. So I, I fully expect that within five years, this will become the norm in, in both new buildings, but also in retrofit uh, cases. Uh, so that, this is very exciting and certainly something that we follow closely. Yeah, I, th I think your point on tech involvement and investment coming into this sector, I, I, I agree with. And, and, you know, smart buildings and green buildings, s smart buildings generally do help you build a green building or retrofit to make a building greener. I think one of the biggest things, and, and I'm going to throw three letters out there that we talked about the other week, but ESG, right, that, you know, environmental social governance is is huge and it's growing someone told me a stat the other day and i don't i, I need to try and confirm this because it's a big stat is pwc are looking to hire and again i don't know if this is confirmed or not so it may someone may have made it up to throw it at me but pwc pwc are looking to hire ten thousand esg consultants over the next five years so that's a big number you know big space so green buildings you know net zero we just joined tech zero uh yesterday or the day before so green green buildings are massively important you know the energy usage is you know that it is 40 percent of commercial buildings are the you know the contrib contributor to to energy usage globally i mean that's massive so so yeah the smart buildings and green buildings are the same thing i, I depends on what you're doing with them right so you can make a building smart but you may not necessarily make it green if you just want to turn stuff on and off if you want to actually try and reduce your carbon emissions and you connect to the energy meters you can put sensors on buzz bar you can put sensors in the hvac systems you can put sensors in meeting rooms and you can see what's going on then you can adjust the bms or generally you can actually find that the bms is not configured in the right way and so 
it does lead to it. But if you know, if if you're just putting some some sensors in just to make it smart and make it look cool, that's not necessarily going to make it green. But you know, it's uh, it is. Well, and, and are you making green uh, the building green uh, at you know, uh, occupants and things, right? Uh, so uh, I, I think we lost you know, for a second there, Dean. Unless it was just me. Oh yeah, uh, I think you know at the expense of uh, uh, occupant uh, uh, health and wellness or, or comfort. Yeah. Um, you know, are you are you making it green and and really like the uh, using the technologies like you can find the right balance. And... Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree, I agree. And then one one of the things that we are seeing more and more people asking us for. Uh, uh, the green credentials, ESG is, is getting bigger and bigger. And I, and I think post-COVID, everyone knows what indoor air quality is. Prior to COVID, no one, no one knew what indoor air quality was. So, you know, sensor deployments are just going up and up and up. So I think, I think you know, we're, we're doing a, a project in Zurich with, with the landlord there. And, and one of their core objectives is, is indoor air quality, right? So, you know, and that is for two reasons. One is to prove to people the building, the, the, the air in the building is as healthy as it is outside because in Zurich it's generally better than somewhere like the UK or India or, or China and things like that. Uh, and the other is that they want to, they want to have a, a reference point from another, an independent sensor to their BMS sensor. So, you know, when you've got accurate sensors like all of you guys do, you know, it's easy to stick another sensor in, stick it on the wall where the battery can last pretty much forever the time you've got the building and have that as a reference point against the BMS. And generally what we have found previously is the BMS sensors may not have been calibrated in every planned preventative maintenance schedule that they that they should. So when you've got, you know, sensors like we've got from DT within 0.02 of a degree accuracy, it's pretty compelling to say, Mr. Customer or Mrs. Customer, your BMS is out by a couple of degree and here's the proof point of that. So there, there's there's... There's lots of benefits from deploying, number one, additional sensors and easy to install sensors, even if you want to just deploy them for a short period of time to, to do a proof point with, within a building, right? So it, it, that, that may not be a permanent smart building, but it's helping you make the building greener by giving you a reference point on, on the temperature setting that you think is 21 degrees, but actually could be 23 or 24 degrees. And I think that's a very good point also that making the technology uh, cheap and available so you can actually have more reference points in the building yeah. that is installed for a longer period of time so you can prove change over time because in reality what you want to do is to track performance, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. and, and by having more sensors in there collecting that data over more time, you will also have more accurate uh, measurements proving that you, you are going in the right direction. And I think what at least my experience is in any office is that the BMS system has some sensors there, but uh, if you talk to people, they always have different perception, what is cold, what is warm, what yeah. is bad air, what is heavy air, but having sense, at least you can have a discussion around practical data rather than uh, what you feel as a person. And I think that's important both when it comes to temperature, humidity and air quality. Yeah, actually, you. Uh, Bent, you've just brought us on to the next point, which is something you just said is smart building tech is expensive. It's it's not anymore. A few years ago, it used to be like five, maybe six years ago it used to be, but but not anymore, right? I mean, as you just said, it's it's not actually it's not actually that uh, expensive anymore to deploy. You know, we've got hundreds of all of your sensors deployed in customers because it's 
because it's not expensive. You know, if, if it was, then we wouldn't have hundreds and hundreds deployed across multiple buildings. So expense, com expense comes in. Uh, someone has just sent in a, a, an interesting case study on, on heating and cooling, fighting each other. So, oh yeah, it's from, from one of our customers, actually. So we, we, uh, we put, we put uh, that, so they, they had a, a Dakin unit. They had a, a, a really funny, a, a very long rectangle of a building on the north side was the, uh, the north side was the heating system on the south side was the cooling system. And before we put the, the sensors in, they, they had no idea that both the heating and the cooling were running 24 hours a day, seven days a week to try and bring the temperature up or down, whichever one it was fighting against. And we deployed some sensors. We actually, it was DT, put them in north, south, east and west. And, and we found very quickly that as soon as we put the data in and we turned the heat map on, you could see the hot and cold spot. You know, it was like, wow, look, almost in the middle of the room, it goes from 19 degrees on one side to 23 four on the other because they're both running and then the power usage never went up or down so they thought it was normal but nobody had checked that so no sensors have been put in to deploy that and and you know we did that for a few hundred pounds you know just to get it going and prove a point so it's not expensive to to get stuff going these days and that situation is probably not unique uh, i think we experience even in our office every year when we go from winter to summer because we have uh, water radiators, right? And then yes. there is one or two of those magnet uh, 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 solenoids that is not working. And then you are heating and heating and heating and you're <laughs> going here. It's, so I think it's, it's, it's quite common, actually. It's, it's a general problem in terms of uh, power waste. Yes, I, I agree. Uh, I've got a question come in, guys. So I'll let whoever wants to answer it, answer it. Uh, and uh, Avrilli, what are the reasons some FM, what are the reasons what reasons are some FMs giving for not installing smart sensors in both new buildings and retrofit uh, perspective, retrospective fittings? I think one we get all the time is, uh, uh, well, you know, I, I don't want to just create more problems. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is, is the sensor just going to give me more problems to fix? And, and um, I'd say that's really not, not the case most of the time you know there there are either simple things that you can do or just for the fact that knowing that uh, uh, you know it, it really opens your eyes to like well uh, you know I can approve uh, improve efficiency uh, or productivity and and all these sort of things you know people aren't distracted uh, or you're tired in the afternoon or, or whatever you know the benefits may be based on the different sensors so yeah, we we we've we have had previously some FMs. So so to kind of answer that kind of directly, uh, and is we we've had people just literally say, if we put these in and it exposes hot or cold spots in the building, I do have a job to do to try and fix all of that. So some people don't want to do that, right? I know I do say, and, and FMs either love me or hate me, so apologies. But some FMs do like to wear their underpants on the outside, but you know, generally. If that, you know, some people are resistant to change, but it, it's coming whether people like it or not. Technology prices are coming down. Technology availability is going up. The, the you know, the accuracy of sensors, if, all your sensors is, is going up. It's easy to deploy. If you don't do it, someone else will do it. Some, you know, people can walk in. I've got one, two, three, four, five. I've got like sensors around me here. I've got 
eight different indoor air quality sensors around me that is telling me what the temperature and the air quality is. If you don't do it, someone can go and buy one off the internet and bring it to your office. You, you, you've got to move with the times, right? You, you can't be resistant to change anymore because if you are, someone else is going to do it for you. Given, given the availability of technology these days, someone else will bring a sensor in if you don't. And that's just not uh, that's just uh, that's not just speculation. I mean, we have had customers where where that really really happened. Where and especially in regards to things like VOC and CO two, of course. Yeah. Uh, where customers uh, or where employees come in and say, you know, th this is might not even be a secure or a, a safe environment for 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 your employees. Um, so so it's time to sort of stop sticking down your your neck in the sand and actually sort of face the problem head on. Yeah. There, there, are, there are a few reasons. Generally, it's they don't want to expose problems. Generally, some people don't want to make any more work for themselves than they've already got. You know, it's, it's, you've got to look at the positives rather than the negatives, right? And I, I don't actually see any negatives apart from people not wanting to do it. So, you know, there's, o there's only benefits from putting sensors in and, and starting to bring this data to, to life and putting it into a platform like ours. Even if it's not ours, it's someone else's, wh whoever platform it is, you bring it up, you look at it, whether your operations, your FM, your workplace, your HR, whoever it is, it's like, right, we've got data now. Let's do something about it together and fix it and figure it out. At, at some point, everything that your sensors do leads to savings. Otherwise, people wouldn't be buying them in the tens of thousands and rolling them out, right? So it's, it's not the fact that people should not think they should do it. It's the fact that everyone should realize that by doing this, you will drive savings from somewhere, uh, and, and, and it doesn't take long. Uh, I think that's also sorry, sorry, Dean. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say that um, those facility managers. I mean, it's right there in their title. Like they're thinking about the facility, and and when you uh, you know, think about the assets of a company, yes, like real estate is uh, a big part of that. But um, you know, it's it's there to benefit the people. And that's you know, if not the the bigger asset, uh, you know, kind of the um, you know the most expensive one, perhaps, uh, is the people because you know turnover and and all those sort of things. Like, you know, everybody in the company, not just HR, should be thinking about you know people's health and wellness and comfort. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Ben. Sorry, you were going to say something. Yeah, that was something on the line I was going to say as well. Is kind of uh, if you look discuss with the operations guy or the CFOs of the company, all the tangible expenses is very easy to justify, right? If there is yeah. a energy <laughs> saving or whatever, but the intangible savings in terms of people at work and more efficiency is very hard to measure, right? And then, then you kind of it's easy to ignore that issue until you actually tried it to see yes, actually output is increasing. We have more happy workers. Our our HR are more happy because uh, our retention is uh, is uh, is good, so people are staying longer. So there's a lot of positive, uh, non-tangible things that will happen, but it doesn't hit your PNL directly, right? And I think that's also something that the world now is learning, and we are going in that direction, especially after the, this uh, COVID-19 shutdown. I think will yeah. escalate. That. Yeah. yeah, I'd agree with that. We. we that you know not everything has a tangible benefit but a, a lot more people i think are now open to the intangible benefits looking yes. outside the box because yes. there is a knock on there there are things happening that, that people are seeing that may not be considered straight off the bat so uh, we've got another question from paul bamba so this is an interesting one so what's level one so where do people start what's level one 
smart built a smart for most business owners is it occupancy is it indoor air quality is it access control uh what are you seeing at the moment uh what is hot paul asks so i guess i guess we're we're, we're all you guys are all in the iaq indoor air quality space but you all branch out beyond that into other areas because your sensors can monitor data centers, buzz bar, you know, lots of different things. So I guess for you guys, you're seeing different things to just straight commercial buildings, right? You see other areas growing as well. Definitely for us, there are other areas as well. Uh, but, I, but I think it's it will vary a bit depending on, on your own environment. Yeah. And I think that's what Metricus have tried to do now, kind of make a start package. You, yeah. you address desk occupancy, you, you address feedback buttons and, and smart cleaning uh, aspects and also air quality. And I think those are the main aspects you should start with. And I think the back to work strategy in terms of a, a safe workplace in terms of cleaning, I think is going to be very important going forward to, to verify cleaning. Yeah. Yeah, we, we're seeing a lot of that. We're, we're actually seeing a lot. We've, we've, we've actually just partnered up uh, with a company, an FM company in, in the US, uh, as you know. So that, that's, that's all about smart cleaning. That is, that is growing rapidly. We, Paul, to answer your question, I think for us, what we're seeing is uh, occupancy capacity, indoor air quality, smart cleaning. The, the access control stuff, we're not seeing a lot of, but... The other bits I've just mentioned, they're, they're growing all, almost equally. If it's people coming back to the office, there's more and more people coming back. You know, you can look at the uh, our occupancy index either on our site or on Bloomberg, and you can see people are coming back to the office. More and more people are back to the office. I mean, I walked from our office across London today, and it was the busiest I've seen it in a long time. I think the weather warmer is helping, of course, but... I think uh, I think more and more people are coming back, but smart cleaning is is one that's really really ramping up because some people are not bothered about COVID. They don't think much of it. They're just happy to go back to work. But some people really are worried, and they want to know they're in a clean environment. They want to know that the rooms are being cleaned, or the desks are being cleaned, or the meeting rooms are being cleaned. So that that's that's accelerating quite quickly, and being being able to do that easily in, in in a few ways being able to deploy it quickly being able to show the data quickly and being able to prove the data quickly to people i i think is massively important and with the tech from, from you guys we we do that right we do that we do that daily when it was one of the questions that wasn't listed in the rfp that we just discussed in my meeting before this but it came up as we were talking is is like can we use these sensors to do other things well yes actually these push button sensors you can use to say toilets cleaned or toilet needs cleaning or whatever it is it's, it's very very simple and i i think it's going to evolve over time but for straight commercial real estate they're they're the areas we're seeing that are that are starting to ramp up but i think the key behind it is easy deployment because if it's hard to deploy and it needs lots of infrastructure it, it will just take longer because people don't want the effort of running loads of cables all over the place so if it's a new build not an issue but the retrofit stuff it just needs to be quick and simple i would actually like to take that uh, just to pick up on that um, so deployment of course is important but something yeah. that's really really coming into its own right now is also change management yeah um, you know of course uh, you want these systems to run for for um, uh, five ten plus years then yeah. then uh, there needs to be a story as well for for um, how to ch control change and have an efficient uh, deployment strategy for that as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. 
Uh, I thought I saw another one coming in. Maybe someone typed and then decided to stop. Uh, gents, I don't have any other questions on the list. I haven't seen any more questions coming in, but I, I, I think I think we dispelled the five myths. But it, it, either way, it was it was a great conversation, and hopefully everyone listening listening got something out of it. Uh, Bent, Mateus, Dean, uh, good to see you as always. Thank you very much for your time, gents. Uh, have a good. Dean, you're up really early, I know. So whether you're going back to bed or getting up and spending the rest of your day, have a good day. And Matthias and, and Ben, enjoy the, the long, I think his longest day was yesterday or the day before? Oh, the day before, yes. Day before, yeah. yes. So yeah, uh, enjoy enjoy the rest of your day, guys. Thank you very much all again for, for joining us. Uh, and the next PropTech episode, I do not know what it is because no one's put it on my, uh, on my piece of paper, which they normally do. So you just have to wait and find out because I haven't found out yet either. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, everyone.